Mary and I were uh, taking a walk last Sunday after church. We often take a, an afternoon walk, and, uh, and as we were walking down the street, suddenly a little naked boy, about four years old, was running down the street, and right behind him in tow were like a young mom-age person and kind of another grandmother-age person, and then behind that was a guy carefully in a truck, kind of, they were all going after this little boy and, and running right by us. And they yelled at us, stop him. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it was pretty clear. Someone needed to rescue this little child and to get him clothed and to get him safe and get him back in the arms of people that, that love him. And uh, as we think about Isaiah 53 tonight, um, God sends a servant uh, to people who are running from him and in danger of harm. And his purpose is similar, to get them back into a safe place and into the arms of the one who loves them. And so we want to meditate on Psalm 53 tonight, just a little bit, just four short highlights um, of this servant. Isaiah 53 speaks of a servant. And... Uh, the first highlight I want us to see is this, that this servant, as we have read and heard and listened to, this servant suffers. Uh, chapter 52, which actually is, is really integral with chapter 53, and verse 14 says this, But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. And he will startle many nations. This is a shocking picture of a person so brutalized that they're disfigured beyond recognition and despised by the people and crushed and beaten and struck down and killed like a criminal. That's the message of Isaiah 53. He suffered deeply, but not for anything he did, this chapter tells us. He suffered for us. There was something horribly wrong in this world, and it was us. It was our sin and rebellion. All of us had gone our own way, it said in Isaiah 53, and our sin left us wounded and broken and needy. And separated from God and dying. And so this servant comes to attend to our needs. To die for us, it says. A substitute in our place so that we wouldn't have to, that we could live forever. This servant suffers. But we also see that this servant brings healing. Verse 4 and 5 of Isaiah 53, it says, Yet it was our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. The servant brings healing. Our weakness and sorrow and anxiety and depression and sickness and disease 
He carried, it says. In fact, that word for sorrow there could really be translated sickness, disease. That he actually carried and brought healing to our own physical ailments. <laughs> I was actually visiting my doctor today and I was meditating on these verses, you know, and I, and I said to my doctor as a Christian, I said, you know, it's your job to keep me alive so I can keep preaching the gospel. <laughs> And, and he said, no, it takes somebody a lot bigger than me to do that, right? Jesus is the one who brings healing to our bodies. We need someone whom we can call to for healing, not only for our spirits, but for our physical bodies and our emotions, for our sorrows, for our depressions, for the weaknesses that we feel in our flesh. And it is through the cross, the Bible says, that God in Jesus' name brings healing. And ultimately, this cross restores our broken relationship with God. It says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. It brings us peace when we trust Christ and what he did for us. We then settle that broken relationship with God. And Jesus, he died to take the death that we deserve so that now we can have the life that we didn't deserve. We were powerless to live, which Jesus called abundant and free. He came, this servant, to heal. But also we see in this text that this servant was sent. Listen in verse 10. This is maybe the most shocking piece. It says, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and to cause him Grief. This was the Father's plan. This is God the Father pursuing us. You know, we've heard of this battle in our culture. Who killed Jesus? Ultimately and finally, this text tells us it was the Father who killed Jesus. God is doing something unimaginable to just demonstrate his love, that there is a father in heaven who loves us, who sent his son to die on a cross for our sins. He is coming after us in extraordinary ways, ways to arrest our attention, to draw us to him, to see his love. And in the cross, we see the love of God. He is a God of deep, compassionate, emotional, personal love for everyone in this room. That's what we see in the cross. He made the world to put his glory on display. He has blessed us with food and family and shelter. But ultimately, he sent his servant at infinite cost to bring us back into a love relationship with him. The servant was sent by the Father. But finally, the servant is satisfied. Listen to verse 11. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. See, this giving of his life, and Pastor Jared read it at the beginning of our service tonight, this giving of 
his life brought him great joy. This wasn't a reluctant going to the cross. He wasn't holding his nose as he comes to us in love to reach out and die for us in our sin. No, our weakness draws us to him. He loves us. He is drawn to come to our weakness and to our aid and to bring healing to us. It delights him to bring us to himself. Hebrews 12, 2, Jesus said, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He made you and me, and he wants you and me to experience his wholeness and his healing and his forgiveness and this restored relationship. It gave him joy to die for us, and he invites us to himself with enthusiasm. And so here is the servant of Isaiah 53. And I think the question that comes to us is, will you let him serve you? I mean, we see in this very first verse of this section that Jesus is exalted and, and that Christ will be one day risen from the dead. After his death, he will come back to life forever and ever. And we, he is worthy of all our allegiance, and we will celebrate that Sunday. But tonight, I think the question is this. Will we let him serve us? Will we humble ourselves and admit we need his healing in our lives and call out to him in our weakness? My son was a lifeguard uh, during his high school years and uh, he would say, kind of surprised, that when people were struggling in the water and in danger, he said the biggest problem was that they resisted our help. They fought against us. They, they flailed. They were trying to save themselves. If they would just relax and let us save them, it would be easy. But they wouldn't surrender. And that's the picture of the gospel. We are to say, I cannot save myself. I will stop resisting trying to make my life better on my own and give my life to Jesus. There's nothing I can do. I can only trust him. He is my rescuer. He is the one who is able and sufficient to take my broken life and make it whole. So as we come to communion tonight, and we will, and, and the elders can be prepared to come and receive um, the giving of the elements. <clears throat> Let's take a few moments um, just before God to prepare our hearts. God asks a couple things of us. Uh, one is to um, say, Jesus, you are mine. I, get, I do give my life to you. When we take communion, we are saying, Jesus, you are my Savior. And if you've never done that before, this would be a great night to do that, to experience his healing touch and forgiveness and salvation. You can do that for yourself by just saying, Jesus, please forgive me. Thank you for dying for me, come into my life. But also then to confess our sins, whatever sins might stand between us and God. Maybe God has been pointing out a few things in your life he has in mind.
and to take a moment to confess. So we'll, we will now quiet ourselves before God and, and just, uh, again, offer our lives to Jesus, confess our sins. And when you are ready, we're going to have an elder at each of five stations here tonight. And we're going to have you come when you're ready and receive the elements from them. And then take them back to your seat. We'll, eat it, we'll partake of them together uh, in a few moments. But come and get the elements when you're ready. Take them back to your seat. And then we will take them together. So let's take a quiet moment now before God to get our hearts ready. And when you're ready, come to a station and get the elements.